Dad's going to talk about one man who just literally loved God. Hmm. He walked faithfully with God. And that man's Enoch. And it says in Hebrews 11 and verse 5, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I I don't know if this is just a man thing, but it's easy to live your life wondering what the legacy of your life is going to be. You know, will I build anything that gets remembered? Will I achieve anything significant? Will I finish this race that he has called me to run? Good questions. Does anybody else wrestle with the question of will I do a great work for God? Will I do a great exploit for God? Will, will I leave behind something amazing? Anybody else who wrestles? Is it just, it's not just a man thing. It's, I think that these are great questions. And I think God has given us purpose. He's, he's given us a race to run. He's, 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 he's called us to... He's called us to run with the baton for this generation and pass the baton on for other generations... He's called us to, yes, see the renown of his name in the earth. He's called us to a great work of transformation that we want to pass the baton on to another generation of a community that has been impacted by the love, goodness and kindness of God. Yeah, we want to do great works that mean the crime rate is going down and poverty is being changed, that there's justice and that we've got a great work to do. It's interesting that Enoch isn't famous for building anything. (laughs) Enoch's not famous because he was a great warrior and conquered. Enoch's not famous because he pioneered anything or did any obvious great exploits Enoch is famous for simply walking Mm. with God in Genesis chapter 5 we we read him about him there as well and he's he's hardly in the Bible but he's there and he's there in Hebrews 11 in Genesis chapter 5 we read about him This is in verse 22 of chapter 5. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. 
Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more. Because God took him. There's only two people in the Bible who never died. It's Enoch and Elijah. Mm -hmm. Elijah got taken up in a chariot. Enoch just disappeared. Mm. You might have had Enoch thinking, oh, who got round for dinner this week? Enoch. (laughs) Let's go and find Enoch. We can't find him anywhere. (laughs) Well, he's always by the well, or he's always doing, he's always here, he's always there, but he's no more. Enoch gets taken away. That's what Enoch is famous for. (laughs) He was, then he's not there anymore. Because God took him. He had an encounter with God where he was transported to heaven and skipped death. And the only clue we get is that he walked faithfully with God and God was pleased and God just took him. Wow. See, I believe in huge vision and I believe in prophetic calling and I believe that God has said we're taking buckets of the presence out mm-hmm. of our community and I believe that we're going to have incredible testimony and incredible presence and I believe we're going to see lots of people saved and I believe we'll see lots of families transformed and I believe God has said to us if you want SC18 you can have it. So, huge, culture-transforming vision. The early church changed the world in a generation, and the only thing that they could say about them was, these are the ones who had been with Jesus. Mm. These unschooled fishermen had been around Jesus, and they're turning the world upside down. Ordinary people, people like you and me, turned the world upside down because they had been with Jesus and they'd been filled with the Holy Spirit and they changed the world. So we're holding, we're wanting all of that, but wow, wouldn't this be the legacy? Jamie walked with God. Mm -hmm. Full stop. Hmm. Jamie, crazy in love with Jesus. And that's it. Because we're talking about a love affair with the Creator. And at the heart of Enoch is this. He believed that God exists and he believes that God rewards. If you would understand, understand Enoch's whole motivation for walking faithfully with God is that he believed God exists and he believed that God cares and that God is a rewarder and that God is generous. And so Enoch walked faithfully with God and God was pleased and Enoch skipped death. 
This is a big, a big deal because it's possible in Christianity to go through the motions and not believe that God is a rewarder. We heard it, we heard it read out, perfect love casts out all fear because those who fear have not been made perfect in love because fear is about punishment. So it's possible to do lots of religious activity, lots of religious obedience, lots of ritual, lots of doing stuff, but at the core not really believe that God is who he says he is, which is what it means to say he exists, and that God is a rewarder. Enoch understood, I know who God is, and I know his nature, and I know that he cares, and I know that he rewards and Enoch didn't press in for this. He, he didn't think, right, there's a, there's a, I know what the reward is, I'm going to press in for the skipping death anointing. <laughs> he didn't say, I know what, I'll walk faithfully with God because if I can work for God, I can press into what I've heard is going around at the moment. The poof, disappearing anointing. <laughs> he was, and then he was no more. He didn't work for it, he didn't ask for it, and he didn't imagine it, he just loved God. God exists, you are who you say you are. You're loving, you're kind, you're generous, you're gentle, you're faithful. You are good, you exist. You exist and this is who you are, and that you're the rewarder. And I'm just going to walk with you, and I'm just going to love you. And I'm just going to hang out with you. And I'm just going to enjoy you. And I'm just going to be with you. And I'm just going to obey your voice. I'm just going to be drawn to be with you faithfully. Because God wants to do things that are beyond our asking and beyond our imagining. So Enoch didn't ask for it. He didn't imagine it. He just loved God. How do we please God? God says, it's really simple. God is easily pleased. God is really, really easily, easily, easily pleased. He's not a burden to carry. In fact, he says, don't treat me like I'm a burden to carry. I'm actually really easily pleased. All you have to do is believe that I am who I say I am. And that I'm a rewarder. And I'm really pleased. Enoch got God on the edge of his seat and standing up going, whoa, this is so pleasing, this faith. Because you just believe I am who I say I am and that you'll never lose with me. To please God is simply, I know you're real and I'm going to bank on you. I'm banking on God. And that's it. He's really pleased. Is coming to God expectant? Is coming to God saying, I know you don't need anything from me. I know that you don't have some 
personality disorder where I'm going to somehow boost your fragile ego like you needed anything. God is completely self-sufficient. But he invites us into his life. See, when you become a Christian, you don't just invite Jesus into your heart. He invites you into his life. And his life is huge and expansive and eternal and never-ending. He is the self-sufficient one. He is the one who has everything we need. We're finite, we're limited, he's unlimited. So we please him by recognising you are real and you don't need anything from me. But I'm going to get something from you. He is the self-sufficient spring of life-giving water. How do you glorify a beautiful spring of water? Imagine you're walking in the Swiss Alps and you are so, so thirsty. And you're walking through the, 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 the mountains, you can hear the bells on the cows and it's hot and you're thirsty. And you come upon... A beautiful, clear, bubbling spring, and you you look at it. Do you glorify the spring by saying, wait here, spring, I'm going to run down the mountain, I'm going to top you up with some buckets of water from down in the valley. I'm just going to top you up, beautiful spring, and I'm going to run down, I'm going to bring you this, I'm going to bring you that. No, you glorify the spring by kneeling down and drinking and drinking and drinking until you are satisfied. And then you look down and notice that the spring has not gone down at all. It is just bubbling and filling. It is self-sufficient. That's how we glorify God. We bank on God. We don't say, this is what I'm going to do for you, God. This is what I'm going to produce for you, God. This is what I'm going to produce in the earth for you. We come to him and recognise that since we can do nothing, I need you, and that we recognise that the kingdom of heaven is not something we do for God, it's something he does in us and through us. Yeah. That's how the kingdom comes. So the people who bring the kingdom are the people who kneel by the self-sufficient well, the self-sufficient source, and drink, and drink, and drink, and drink. That he is never-ending, overflowing. That he is a never-ending spring of energy, of joy, of life, of beauty, of goodness, of power. He is everything we need. And so in our worship, we worship him because he is worthy of every ounce of praise and adoration we can bring him and yet somehow in the worship we drink Amen. and it's this beautiful combination of, you are so beautiful and I catch a glimpse of you and I want to worship I want to sing, I want to delight I want to praise you, I want to bring the best of who I am to you Jesus because you are so awesome and so magnificent and as we're doing that we're drinking This never-ending spring of life, energy, joy, beauty, goodness, power, affection and kindness. And that's the whole of the Christian life. 
Yes, he's got works he had prepared in advance for us to do. But they're not works that we're going to do for God. They're works that he's doing in us and we'll do, he'll do through us. And so our whole mandate is to be lovers of God. Not religion. Not trying to do something for him. Please placate, impress him, perform and perfect for him. But just recognising you are the all-sufficient one. I'm going to show you off by kneeling down and drinking. Wow, calm, Holy Spirit. Hmm. We love you. I'm going to show you off by kneeling down and drinking. Hmm. You're the all sufficient one. We're going to bank on you. So the overflow of hearts that simply believe he exists and is who he says and believes that he rewards and is the provider and the protector, the overflow is he begins to do things that go beyond our asking and go beyond our imagining. Things that go beyond our best prayer And our best request, so that the unheard of, the unprecedented, unimaginable possibilities start to manifest as simple overflow of a life that's saturated by God. And yet at the same time, the goal is not the overflow, the goal is the relationship. Enoch, again, was not pressing into skipping death anointing. He didn't have any framework or grid or expectation for that. It was unheard of. Everybody died before. Only Elijah skipped death and everybody died after. So to put this in a framework then, we were sharing the story last week about can listen online, just suddenly um, gems appearing. And last Friday before treasure hunting, there was um, gold specks all, all around this building on shares. Didn't share it last week because we just wanted to check that the church in the afternoon hadn't been making any craft activities in the midweek. On the Tuesday, it wasn't there. The cleaner says it wasn't there. She had cleaned the room. On the Friday it was there. It's just unheard of for us, unprecedented, unimaginable possibility that is purely the byproduct of an affectionate love affair with a really, really good God. So there there are these manifestations that happen. Enoch, you could say, skipped death when actually the commanders of God as sin came into the world and death came into the world. And Enoch bypassed the whole law of sin and death. 
So what am I saying? I'm saying that God can turn up any way he wants to turn up. He can manifest any way he wants to manifest. But I will not pursue the manifestation. But I will allow the manifestation to point me to him and feel more love for him. Mm. So it is by faith that we display how real and rewarding God is. That's how our everyday life can be a place of great faith. It's what we believe about God while we're doing the ordinary that that is the thing that's pleasing God. Because sometimes we can call the ordinary meaningless and it's only the spectacular that has meaning. But it's what we're doing while we're working, praying, serving, giving, parenting. That's what pleases him. It's the ordinary acts that fill our life where we're doing it knowing he exists and he is the rewarder of those who seek him. It's knowing as I'm doing the mundane and the ordinary things, but I'm doing it as unto him, pleasing to him, that everything becomes a site of worship. Everything becomes a place of seeking. Everything becomes a moment of faith, whether it's cleaning the toilets, washing the floor, cleaning the bathroom, doing an amazing job, working here, doing significant things. They all become the same because they all become, I'm seeking you, I know you exist, and I know you reward.